I'm just going to encourage you, go back and take a look at them, and they'll bring you up to where we're at today, because I want to spend just a few minutes walking through the end of the story of the woman at the well, just the very end, what happens next, and then I want to invite Pastor Anson to come up, and he's going to share some, some practical ideas with you. So if you have your Bibles, let's just jump into John chapter 4, and we're going to look towards the end of this chapter, starting in verse 28. Remember, Jesus didn't need to go through Samaria. There was incredible cultural tension between the Samaritans and the Jews. But Jesus decides, you know, I don't care about that. And he walks through Samaria with his followers. And then this interaction with this woman at the well, which was, uh, like we said, a bit scandalous being a Jewish rabbi, a male Jewish rabbi speaking to a Samaritan woman. Culturally at the time, that was a big, uh, a big no-no. And yet Jesus blows past that culturally and speaks to her and discovers very clearly that she has a spiritual need. And they have this interaction, and Jesus meets this need in her life. So let's take a look at where it goes from there. Verse 28, it's kind of the second half of 28, and it continues on. I'm going to read the entire scripture uh, of the, the end of the passage, but I want to talk to you just about a couple of the sections, the beginning and the end. So if you want to take a look at it, John chapter 4, if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen for you to work through. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have the kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are, are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in the village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. So this is wrapping up the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. And we've spent four weeks on this because it gives such a significant foundation of who Jesus is and what he is bringing to this world. Last week we said that in the story that Jesus declares who he is, Jesus And he declares what he is bringing, this living water that he explains to the woman. And then he gets real personal to explain what this living water does in her life. He actually kind of calls her out on her her failed marriages, five of them, and calls her out on her current living situation. And yet Jesus finds a way to do this in this loving, compassionate way, yet convicting to her heart. 
Now, once she's finally tracking with Jesus and she declares like she is searching for the Messiah, we find that Jesus very calmly and simply says, that's me. Here I am. I'm the one you've been looking for all this time. And this opens up further dialogue on this. And that's where it ends last week. So what happens next? Well, I'm glad you want to know because I prepared a, a whole sermon for you this week and be ashamed just to give it to Pastor Anson. So verse 28, take a look at it. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. Before we get too deep into this, I think there's significance here just in that statement, that she left her water jug. The very reason she came to the well was to draw water, something she needed to do daily. She leaves it. It's as if the, uh, John, the writer, is letting us know, like, she's forgetting her physical thirst because her spiritual thirst has been met. Amen? She leaves that physical water jug. Why? And she, then she runs back to the village is what the scripture says. She, I mean, she runs to the... Do some of you, like, never run to anything? Like, I mean, running is just not part of your repertoire, period. Yeah, I mean, so picture, what would it take for you to get excited enough to run the thing you just ordered on Amazon? It's come to the mailbox. Do you run to the mailbox, right? There's something in your life. She runs back to the village, telling everyone. Now, some of your translations might say telling the men, right? Because some of our previous translations kind of translated everything towards that way. But the Greek word is actually the word anthropos, and it means everyone. So anyone she came in contact with anywhere, she was telling is what the scripture is saying. So she told everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. And I'm so ashamed. I'm just so mortified. I want to just hide under a rock. It doesn't say that. She's excited and she says, come see a man who told me everything, who was compassionate to me, who accepted me, like even me, he accepted You've got to come and see this. Now, what's really going on here? It, it's quite simple. This is what we call a testimony. It, it's, it's that simple. You see, she is simply sharing with others what she just experienced. Like, she says, you know, guess what happened? What? What happened? What happened? We do this all the time, right? We excitedly tell somebody, you've you got to know what happened. Well, tell me what happened. Well, let me tell you. We say, you know, a couple gets engaged, right? Well, tell me, how did you get engaged? You know, they're flashing the ring and they're excited about it. Tell me. And what do they do? They testify to their story about how they got engaged. Oh, it was so romantic. There was, you know, there was flowers and bubbles and candles on the table and a dinner for two. And there was a mandolin playing and sky riding and there was an orchestra there playing Brian Adams' song from Robin Hood. A man dressed as a clown. That, that was, that's actually Pastor Anson's engagement story, right? That's, is that about right? That's right. I, I might have got some of the details a little mixed up, but that's, that's pretty close. The, the clown thing, that's spot on. I know that one. What do we do when something life-transforming happens to us? We share it. We tell somebody else about it. We bring somebody else into our world and share when something life-transforming has happened. We give testimony. Do you see what's happening? The woman says, come and see. You gotta come and see. 
Come and see. The scripture says she excitedly said this. You got to come see. See, there's this ripple effect that happens when a testimony of a changed life is shared. We start to declare things. Notice what she says here. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Like she's starting to believe this about Jesus and who he is and who he has said he is and what he's come to do. Like she went from empty talking, uh, that we talked about a couple weeks ago actually, to convicted, to actually speaking about her search. She's telling Jesus this, and now she is declaring that her search has ended because of who Jesus is. Can you see the transformation, the life transformation that's happening here? And she is running excitedly, come and see. I think this is him. This is the long-awaited Messiah. She is testifying. Her excited run to the village tells it all, really, as John explains it that way. So what happens? Because of her excitement, we get verse 30. Take a look at it. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Streaming. We get this image of continuous people coming. We think of like a water stream that's not continuous. We call it trickling, right? At best. Streaming is the imagery here of people who come from the village to see him. Who him? Jesus him is why they've come. Here's a key point this morning, church. In fact, I think that this is the thing I want you to like embed and take home with you today and maybe even commit it to memory. In fact, when somebody asks you, hey, what was the sermon about today? You would say this phrase because I think it's impactful to us and it summarizes this passage. It says this, God prefers to share who he is through transformed people. It's not the only way he shares who he is, but God prefers to share who he is through transformed people. Read the Gospels, read the New Testament, read Paul and Peter, and you will find that testimony is the most powerful way Jesus and God institutes sharing who he is. Is that significant? Because God prefers to share who he is through transformed people. Do you mind just saying that with me? Let's embed that. Would you say it together with me, church? God prefers to share who he is through transformed people. This woman at the well, we've talked about her for four weeks here. This Nicodemus who we talked about prior to that. How about, how about the, the disciples when they were called by Jesus to follow? What did he say to them? Remember what he said? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you choose to follow me, I will make you. I will transform you. I'll change you. I'll inspire you. I'll make you into something that you did not think you could be. That's what Jesus is saying. I will do that for you. Elsewhere in the Gospels, he says that he's come to give us life and more life than we could ever dream. And Jesus is saying, I want to give you that as I transform you. Why? Because Jesus... It's clear he's got this mission to reveal himself to everyone. And you will be fishers of people, is what he says. Now remember, he's talking to fishermen when he said this. So uh, really the context, the comparative terms, they fit very well with Jesus. Maybe you're not a fisherman. I throw a line in the water, nothing happens. So I don't know if I'm considered a fisherman or not. But it works. What's the universal message? I'm going to use you and your transformed life 
to tell others about me because God prefers to share who he is through transformed people. Church, I wanna tell you, uh, when I was younger in the faith, especially in um, I'd gone to college and uh, in seminary. Um, I would go to some of these conferences sometimes that would teach or encourage you how to share your testimony. And what I found were some of these were less about sharing my transformed life and more about trying to somewhat entrap non-Christian people into being cornered into having to declare or believe something about God. I, I remember learning these strategies. Well, if, if they say this, you say this. And then if they say this, you say this. And you're walking down the slide memorizing kind of a script to share your faith that way. I remember being at a youth conference one time when the light bulb went on. Um, I was sitting there at the youth conference. I was not the speaker. I wasn't really even part of this conference. But I was watching everything that went on. And the speaker got up and the speaker shared and talked about something. And to be honest, I mean, I thought it was kind of all over the map. But... Uh, but they came to the classic end of youth camp talk where they hit really hard the altar call uh, at the end of, of the camp. But this is what I heard as I was listening to it. I heard what was really desiring to be declared is teens come forward, declare, I'm bad. I don't want to be bad anymore. And that was about it. And the light bulb went on for me where I went away. In church, I want to tell you, I just, I just remembered the classes that I went through or some of those seminars, and that night, and I said, I don't ever want to be a part of sharing my faith that way. I want to be a part of sharing my faith by telling people what Jesus did to my life and how he transformed me, how he changed my thinking, how, how he made me into something that looks way more like God's word than it ever looked before. I want to share sometimes about some of your lives that you've shared with me, how you were this and then you became this because of what Jesus Christ did in your life. Now, don't get me wrong. I love apologetics. I love theological conversation. I even love that kind of debate. I really get into it. So if you love it, you know, give me a call. Let's go have you know, a coffee this week and we'll, we'll talk it out. Um, but I'm passionate about sharing what God has done in my life. And this, this scripture tells us that, that this woman ran excitedly into a town and said, come and see. You gotta come and see. Church, I gotta tell you, one of the most exciting things you'll ever do in life happens when you share God with someone and what he's done in your heart and you see like them come to life when they realize their need for Jesus as well. It's an amazing position to be in, and God uses us that way. It's why for seven years we have had this defining mission statement, um, what do we do here to help one more person find their way back to God? Will you say that with me? To help one more person find their way back to God. It's really our purpose, and we know that way is through Jesus Christ. So back to the end of our story. What happens? Let's jump to verse 39. If you've got your scripture open, it'll be on the screen this way. And church, though I see it as my job to kind of orate scripture and walk you through the passage and maybe find a way that I, I can challenge you and send you out of here inspired to do the work of the kingdom, I am so convinced that this last paragraph so clearly shares the heart of God and even the strategy of God, if you want to call it that, 
I just want to simply, if you'd allow me, just to read it for you this morning and let God just kind of minister to you or speak to you the way he wants. So let me just read it and let you digest it. So if you need, put away your distracting thoughts for just a minute or maybe anything distracting in your hands and just hear now, hear the result of Jesus going through Samaria instead of going around. Like, hear the result of Jesus, like, breaking through these cultural norms so he could sit and talk with somebody who was seeking and searching. Of Jesus being willing to lovingly convict somebody's heart with compassion, even though they had a destructive lifestyle. Of Jesus embracing a spiritual search. And of Jesus then revealing the hope in himself. Here now the result of this transformed life in Christ. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now... Now we believe, and it's not just because of what you told us, but it's because we've heard it for ourselves, and now we know he indeed is the Savior of the world. All this from a transformed life. Wow. So let me ask you a couple questions. Then I want to turn it over to Pastor Anson, who's going to come up and walk you through a couple practical ideas. Here's the questions. Here's the first one. Has your life been transformed by Christ? Has Christ entered your life and transformed your life? Maybe this morning you're here and like you've never said yes to Christ. You've never had that starting point. And this could be the morning to say, you know, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Transform me. We invite you to do that. Christians, if you remember time when Christ transformed and changed your life, remember it clearly. Do you have a transformed life in Christ? And this last question, who are you telling? Who are you sharing that story with? Who has God put in front of you that you can tell about who you were and who you are now in Christ? Pastor Anson, will you come and share? So, what we're talking about is personal evangelism. 